Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast. It's an insider's guide to the people who make Carver County the best place to live, work, and raise a family. My guest today is a longtime friend and somebody that I've admired, that my wife and I admired, um, Bob and his wife, Sharon, um, for a long time. And I got to, it's, my guest is Bob Moeller, I should say, first of all. And it's Bob, somebody that I've admired for a really long time. Um, I got to know Bob when we served on a committee um, through our local Rotary Club, where we brought in a bunch of Russian business people for a series of uh, uh, adventures and uh, work experiences and so on. And uh, Bob was in charge of that. And I'm just always so impressed with the way he handled people and, and things. And so um, we're going to talk today about... Uh, you know, Bob's role with the county in terms of uh, expanding all of the, the um, amazing trails and things that we have. But before we get going, Bob, thank you for agreeing to be on. I appreciate it very much. And tech skills notwithstanding, we're going to rock and roll on this. <laughs> Can you hear Thanks, me okay? Greg. I appreciate it. And I also have enjoyed, you know, working with you over the years. And I, yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you just fine. So, can you hear me? I can. I can. We're getting a little bit of a internet unstable thing here. Okay. How's that? So let's try this one. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Anyhow, well, I, I've enjoyed Greg our time together working on the Rotary and on our international Russian project and uh, many other things. So uh, I'm happy to be here this morning. Well, terrific. Um, I'd like to start off with, you know, maybe just giving a, hearing a little bit about your background, you know, where did you grow up, where did you go to school, and, you know, kind of a career path that, you know, puts you in uh, Chaska. Sure. Uh, I grew up in Rosemount, uh, which at the time I grew up there was a very little town, and the school was a very little school. Um, but I then went to the University of Minnesota, and uh, my, my professors in, or in, in high school had encouraged me to be going into engineering because about that time, the Sputnik Russian technology boom was going on. So I, I went in to be an engineer, but I found quickly that I was going to be a very a poor engineer relative to the other ones who really were much more skilled at engineering than I was. So I ended up with a degree in... Um, business, which I, I liked a lot. I spent two years uh, on active duty in the Navy, flying over the North Atlantic, doing uh, surveillance for Russian aircraft uh, oh, wow. in the late 50s, which was part of the Dewline extension. And I spent a total of six years in the Navy, and I really liked it a lot. Um, but came back home and uh, went to graduate school in business at the university where I met my wife and my wife Sharon and we got married in 1962 and so we have been married nigh on the 59 years which seems like a heck of a long time <laughs> but it didn't seem like doesn't seem like a long time interpersonally we've really enjoyed each other very much good recovery <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I started my career um, with Procter & Gamble down in Cincinnati. I was recruited to go down there and work in the toilet goods business. And my first assignment was on Pampers diapers. Ah. 
So I was in the initial team developing and marketing Pampers. And the good news about this story is that they were trying to figure out what to do with all the seconds that didn't turn out very well in the production line. And Sharon and I had just had our son. And I said, well, ship them out to my house. So we had two years full of free Pampers diapers. Came back uh, back home after some bouncing around and, uh, and uh, went to work for Tonka and over in Mound, Minnesota. Sure. And after that, went to work at Toro, which I liked a great deal. And um, so I worked at Toro for many years and moved to California where I ran the irrigation business for about six years and then moved back to Minnesota. And then at the end of my career, I went into consulting and very much enjoyed the consulting and strategic planning and long range planning helping people with new products. And so that's been pretty much my career. But in that time, these were high stress jobs, many of them. And so I would run to try to deal with my stress. And so it was pretty common for me to come home, change my clothes and go out running. And I would do that all year round. But at the time that I was doing this, the uh, roads were the best place to run because there weren't a lot of trails on many of the, of the roads. And um, as I said, I ran year round. So I started recruiting some friends and we created the Frosty Buns Running Club. And we ran all year round. On Sunday afternoons, we would run and we would run unless it was below, 20 below, then we didn't go. Otherwise, we would run every, every Sunday. A lot of fun. But in that time, I also got run off the road a couple times, uh, once accidentally and once on purpose. And so uh, I got pretty, uh, pretty cautious about that and really wished we had more trail systems. And about that time, I, I joined the Planning and Zoning Commission for Chaska and working with Kermit Crouch, we worked out some changes in policy which encouraged developers to um, put walkways into neighborhoods and encouraged the city to put walkways on collector and sub-collector streets. And so that policy change uh, made a big difference in terms of what we now do in terms of, of uh, Chaska and its walkways. Well, a lot of time. Uh, roughly, has... I'm going to interrupt you. Excuse me, but roughly, what year was and when did you move to Chaska, and, and how quickly did you start getting involved in community service? And, and roughly, what kind of a time frame are we talking about here? Is this the 60s, 70s, 80s? We moved to Chaska in 1973, uh, and. Then we moved to California in 1980, and then I came back in 1984, although the family came back uh, prior to that. We moved back into our regular house that we had rented out. 
Um, early 1970s, Chaska was like uh, sort of the next small town on the way out of the cities. I mean, it wasn't, you know, suburban, it certainly as suburban as it is now. What, what motivated you to, you know, why Chaska at that point? Well, we, uh, my job was in Mount. Okay. And we wanted to be on the west side of town. And Sharon looked at 63 houses uh, and found uh, one which is delightful. And it was a home in Better Homes and Gardens, uh, being a contemporary home. And it was light and uh, fresh and uh, looks out onto a wildlife swamp. Um, it just it's very, very pretty. So we enjoyed it and uh, that's how we got here. Okay. But All we right. like the schools and we like Jonathan and we like the walkways and the trails through Jonathan and the underpasses that would let our kids go down to Lake Grace without having to cross streets. And we like the educational system in Chaska. So there was a lot we liked and it was a, a full, um, what I'm gonna call a uh, normal town. It wasn't a, a, a bedroom community of executives. It was a town of all range of people. And we really liked that. Okay. And Jonathan was of that nature and we really liked that. Okay, so I'm sorry. So I, I broke your chain of thought there, but you were talking about, you know, working with Kermit to, you know, ex expand the um, uh, availability of trails. And for people who don't know, Jonathan, that was part of the, that was sort of baked into the, into the concept that the trail, that was part of the whole sort of ethos of jo Jonathan was that you'd have this connectivity, but that really, if you go back to the 70s and 80s, that really wasn't um, uh, very commonplace, was it? No, it was very unique and it was very exciting. Um, but, but the, uh, obviously they weren't plowed in the winter time and it wasn't very good to run them in, in the, at night. So Bavaria at that time was, was a dirt road and, um, there was no trail along Bavaria at all, which was mainly where I would run. Um, there was something else, Greg, I was going to add in there. I, I you asked me about when I got involved in the community, and I suppose um, I got involved out here on the planning commission in the early 90s, I think 91 or so. I had been involved uh, at, at uh, my professional side with the Department of Corrections, and I worked as an advisor at the Department of Corrections in the prison industries or probably 15 years in the early 80s. So uh, Sharon and I have been involved in, in uh, community activities really all of our life. And, but anyhow, back, back to the story. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> the darn host keeps getting me off track, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's great. So anyhow, we, uh, we began the process of expanding the trail system, which was already significant, uh, but adding it along the collector streets and in the neighborhoods where in those earlier days, they had no sidewalks. And it just, it just made a lot of sense, it seemed to us, to have that provision for safety. 
Um, at, at the end of that period of time, uh, I joined the Carver County Parks and Open Space Commission and uh, worked with Marty Walsh. And at that time, Mary Hirschberger Thune was also on that committee, who was then the mayor of Victoria. Um, and we, were, we got to be good friends. So an opening came up on the Met Council's Parks and Open Space Commission in 19, or in 2000, oh, about 10 or 11, I would say, somewhere there. And I, I um, was appointed to that position. And there I got a bigger look at the overall community and the regional trail systems. And what became apparent to me was that the trails were pretty well set up going east and west, but there wasn't much for connecting the trails going north and south. Now, let me digress here for a second. There were a couple of seminal moments, I think, in my, in my thought process over the years as it related to trails. And one of them came from Lanesboro. If, if you or your listeners have been down to Lanesboro, yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, it's gorgeous. And one of the main draws down there is, of course, the river and the trail system that runs along that river and connects little towns. And so people can ride down there and ride along and stop and have a beer, or stop and have an ice cream cone, uh, stay overnight someplace if they want, or then come back. But the bike riding is a big deal. And it's a big tourist pull. I talked to the uh, head of the chamber down there, and she said she thought it pulled in well more than a million dollars in tourist revenue because of those trails. So that really stuck with me. And as I began to work with the Met Council on this parks and trails, it seemed to me that there was really an opportunity for Chaska and Victoria to take advantage of a much bigger tourist impact if we could connect these regional trails, the one that ran out from Hopkins out toward Chaska with the one that runs out from Hopkins over Lake Minnetonka, around Lake Minnetonka, I should say, into Victoria. Uh -huh. So as I looked at the plans for the regional trail connection, um, the county said it'll probably be 2030 or more before that finally gets completed. So Mary Thune and I talked and we said, wouldn't it be nice if we could tie up and make a connection on Bavaria to connect these two regional trails and think about all the good it would do for the community and the business, business and tourism as people could ride out from Minneapolis or Hopkins and make a loop on, for the day, come out, ride down into Victoria, have an ice cream cone or a beer, and then ride down to Chaska, maybe have some dinner, and then ride back to, to Hopkins or stay overnight. So that idea um, began uh, what we later created as the uh, Chaska-Victoria Linking Trail Committee. 
Okay. And so, so we invited uh, the the city managers and the Parks and Open Space Commission representatives from the various cities and the county to come together periodically with a mission of encouraging the governmental units to focus on and build this linking trail committee, this linking trail. Uh-huh. And we thought we could maybe get that done in two or three years. <laughs> well, I was a little naive on that point. <laughs> Dare um, to dream, well, so, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we put together this this really kind of cool committee with with the county and the city, uh, Marty Walsh and Matt Paderowski, and we had some of the citizenry people like Dan Keyport and uh, now Marshall Grange, and, um, Mary Thune from Victoria and Monkey. Um, now the uh, head of of parks in Chanhassen, Jerry Rugemeyer, Rugemeyer rather. Um, we've also got on that committee the head of, of Three Rivers Park System, uh, Jonathan Fleming. Um, so we have really quite a quite a group who, frankly, enjoy getting together because it gives them a chance to kind of compare notes about what's going on in their particular area. Sure. Um, but and Greg, stop me if you want to ask questions along the I, way. You know, you're you're on a roll. I I I. But I will take this. <laughs> I'll take this second to stop for people who don't know the two trails that Bob was referencing. Um, there's an access. It used to be the primary access was off Bluff Creek um, Drive, and there's a little parking lot there, and it's an old LRT trail or an abandoned railway trail that runs from that little part of Chanass, and it's actually Chan there on Bluff Creek Drive, and goes all the way into Hopkins. And it goes on. It goes through. Uh, it goes under Pioneer Trail and along the uh, southeast part of Lake Riley, and then runs through Miller Park. It goes. It's the trail that goes under Highway Five over near Mitchell. So if if people have seen that trail, and then the northern version starts on the north end of Hopkins, and that's the trail that runs through Minnetonka. It crosses 101. It runs through Deep Haven. It runs through Excelsior along the lake and then ends up, you know, through Shorewood. It's the trail that if you're going over on 19, like heading over, you know, like to Mound, that you, that crosses just past uh, Joey Nova's there, where, where that little, um, uh, that building that used to be a, f- uh, I think it's a swimming, it was a swimming pool or a hot tub store. And then it runs all the way out into Victoria along the, um, uh, just on the north side of where the ice cream store is and the city hall is there and runs out along there. Um, and so I used to run on those, you know, that was uh, 50 pounds ago, but um, they were great trails, but there wasn't, you're right, there was never a way to connect them from the north and the south. You kind of took your life in your hands, you know, to get there. I used to run up from our place, I'd run up Audubon and then up to, up, you know, Powers to Galpin and then Galpin up and then, you know, kind of cross Highway 7 to get on that or to, you know, get to jump onto that trail. And you always kind of took your life in your hands, especially like along Galpin. You know, there was no shoulder, there was no ditch really. And, and to your point, you know, it's, you, you could get run off pretty easy. But the other thing about it is that is now is that connectivity to the whole three rivers system out there, which is just incredible. I mean, the trails are really kind of the hidden gem out here in terms of, of, of what's going on. But I just wanted to give people context if they're not, yeah. Yeah, not exactly. trail people. 
Um, now the connection that what we really like that LRT trail on the south because it, the city did that last connection loop from the trails that ran north-south along Audubon and then where it kind of loops around at Ingler and then connects up. So you don't have to, you know, you used to have to go out onto Chaska Boulevard or the old 212, kind of dodge trucks along the shoulder to jump on that last, <laughs> that first mile section between, you know, Chaska Boulevard and where Bluff Creek is. So. Well, thank you, Greg, for that fill in because that one little section um, from Ingler up to connect to the uh, LRT for the Minnesota Valley Regional Trail was the first and a very difficult step in this committee's focus to get all these connections made. So it was um, a very exciting time and uh, thanks to Marty Walsh and his team that got built and got paved. And so we now have a nice clear path down from your house up Engler and up onto the uh, regional trail. Well, as a sort of a digression, just about the time we were going to, you know, have high fives and, you know, slapping palms. Uh, in 2014, we had this 10-inch rain mm. that washed out the regional trail and put it in kind of a terrible position because uh, there's an 80-foot bluff that washed out back there and FEMA came in and looked at it and said, no, we're not going to repair it. And so the <laughs> bill to repair that thing was about a million and a half dollars. Oh, wow. And so uh, at the time, the Hennepin County Regional Rail Authority owned the property. And Hennepin County, uh, Three Rivers, uh, leased the trail. And then it would connect in down by Bluff Creek, where you talked, to Carver County, where we had just paved it to connect. So for several years, um, we worked with Three Rivers and the Hennepin County Rail Authority and met council. And our committee just pushed and pushed and pushed and kept the pedal to the metal. And finally, the LCCMR um, pull tab money, the extra little money that goes for improving trails and arts and so forth, helped to finance this repair. And in 2018, Hennepin County decided to repair the trail, which they have just completed. And then Carver County bought the trail from them for the amount of the repair cost. Okay. The money for that came through the Met Council and the uh, LCCMR money. And so it finally got done and it's now connected and there'll be a grand opening this spring. And once again, we'll have high fives and a lot of excitement because that's going to open up a major flow of bikers and walkers into Chaska. Uh, it's a very exciting deal. Well, and then if people haven't been on, I'm just sorry to jump in here, but if people haven't been on, the, it, it's it basically the part that Bob's talking about is the new bridge over 101. And it's that section from 101, basically between 101 and where it, it goes underneath Pioneer Trail. And so for people who haven't seen that new bridge, if you haven't been on 101 from the 
uh, from the roundabout, you know, coming out of Shakopee going up to Pioneer Trail, that bridge is amazing. I haven't seen that new section of the trail repaired, Bob, because my big butt doesn't walk that far. I, the bridge is about <laughs> as the bridge is about as far as the dog and I can go, and, and still get back in time for you know to be functional for the rest of the day. But um, I'm excited that that's going to be done. I hadn't heard that that was completed, so that's cool. Oh, it's it's done. What they did, Greg, is they took and and reduced the height of the trail in that part of the trail and took some of the dirt from that to use as fill for repairing the, the washout. Okay. It's a, it's a major construction project back there. You'll enjoy seeing it. Yeah. Now it's open and uh, back in business. Oh, terrific. And, and if for people who don't want to walk that far, if you go, if you park at Bluff Creek, it's an easy walk. You know, it's probably just a couple miles to get, what is it about three miles from Bluff Creek to get to, um, uh, to like, for example, to the east end of Lake, to Riley Lake Park on that east side. That's yeah. Probably yeah. about three miles from Bluff Creek, right? So, I mean, that's a, that's a relatively it, easy walk. It's a very easy do it, maybe even less than that. Yeah. And the, and the visas and there new, are tremendous. The new bridge, as you say, is, a, is lovely because you don't have to drive or ride down the hill and then back up the hill. Yeah, that was always a little sketchy because there was a curve <laughs> coming around. And so if car, if it was icy, you kind of waited, 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 and then scoot like a bugger to get across there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's great. So what, what else is on the plan? What, you know, what else are, what are the big projects, you know, the, the big connecting projects? Because I, I suspected, you know, like most things, as, as it starts getting on, more of the communities in the county want to start, you know, connecting to it. Because it does, you know, it, it's one of those things where everybody's stronger together than, than doing things sort of independently. So what does that look like in your mind, you know, as the next three or four or five years um, well, that, that, that's a great lead-in. The, uh, the city, from its part, is looking seriously at upgrading Engler and the trail system going between um, Audubon, going westward up to 41. They're considering an underpass at 41, which would be great for the school kids in the sure. community center, and then moving all the way up to Bavaria uh, as an upgrade and an improvement. What that will do then is provide an upgraded uh, connection from the regional trail over to Bavaria. Now going north on Bavaria, the trail is connected all the way up to Victoria and Victoria has announced as their number one um, improvement project that they will do this year is to complete the Bavaria Trail that will run from the terminus of Chaska's Trail in Victoria all the way up to Highway 5. It then will connect to the other improved piece already put in place a couple of years ago that will take you up past the Apple Farm and connect into the Lake Minnetonka Regional Trail, which either goes into Victoria for ice cream cones and beer or goes right and goes up to Hopkins. So it's a I, I think huge we gotta connection. Hiking, we got to start biking and hiking with you because there seems to be a reoccurring theme in your stops. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, 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 there are certain key elements to a ride. For sure. So we, we are on the edge of a, a significant breakthrough here that the Bavaria piece 
will get completed. Um, now that'll still require, will that go east, like where the trail goes under five by the ARB, or are you talking, or will there, will you have to cross five at Bavaria to connect up with the North LRT trail? At, at five, you will need a, to cross with the light mm -hmm. over to the north side of five at the apple farm, and then take that trail eastward where you can pick up the um, underpass at Minnewashta Parkway. Okay. Right now, the county is putting in a, a big connection uh, as part of a regional trail system underneath five going southward under five at Minnewashta Parkway. Right. Yep. I'm familiar. I've, I've seen the work. I've seen the, uh, they're building, uh, or they're, they did some re, uh, um, retention stuff along there because it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of a deep cut. So it's, it's a, a cooperative project with the Arboretum, which will run all the way along the edge of the property of the Arboretum and will ultimately go under 41 going eastward and run in front of or north of the uh, Lifetime Fitness offices. Nice. And connect into, Ch into Chanhassen. So again, a, a big deal, uh, will be a wonderful trail. And uh, so things are really happening. Yeah, it's, it's neat. I mean, you like, and the, it, that section, like for example, you mentioned like the section along Bavaria there, are between uh, 41 and Bavaria, there's already a decent trail basically from the, um, you know, starting at about where the, where the vet clinic is there that runs up along on the north side of Ingler. And then in Chan, um, you know, you, they've got all those trails that you can jog over from Lifetime and then get on the, um, uh, what is it called? Col uh, Coulter, I think, um, which is essentially mirrors Highway 5 going east-west. Yeah. So, so it's neat. There's, it, it's really cool. And so you want, you were mentioning the, the committee and, and you know, the economic um, uh, opportunities with this. Have you seen a lot more um, uh, excitement from the various communities about kind of buying into this? And how does that differ from maybe what you guys were, you know, what you and Mary were dealing with when, when this thing was sort of a, a concept that you were talking about? I, I think that there is still more to be done, very honestly. In, in Chaska, the, the, um, the view of the result was sort of dimmed because the trail ended up um, not being completed because of the washout. And so they really, I don't think the city ever really felt the benefit of that. Also, it ran along the dike, and so it, it became kind of diffuse. We're, we're in Victoria, <laughs> sorry to use my, my um, focuses, but the trail goes right next to the ice cream store and right across the street from the beer joints. Yep. In Chaska, it's not quite so clear. There's not such a, a neat gathering space yet in Chaska. We have more work to do to capitalize on the tourist draw for our town, I think. And I'm I've met with and talked to the Business Alliance a couple times. Dan Keyport is on the committee and also does it. It's just a work in progress, and I, uh, I look forward to seeing that blossom. One of the other key trail things that's going to help that, Greg, is another trail that Chaska is planning. And if 
if you and your listeners can visualize where that rail bed is on the south side of what is now 61, that runs along parallel to 61, the city will put a trail on that rail bed from Audubon all the way into town. We'll go under 41 right behind Dan Keyport's wine shop and connect in with the trail going to Carver. And that will make a big difference in terms of bringing people downtown, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree. We, we were, I was talking about that last night with some of the members of the Arts Consortium because they talked about wanting to do, you know, they want to do like a sculpture tour. And, you know, a lot of that'll happen after the uh, 41, um, you know, the turn lanes get put in and things. People don't necessarily know that, you know, they're taking away the parking on northbound 41 to put in the turn lanes. And so from a safety standpoint to get underneath that abandoned railway that you're talking about is kind of diagonally from Dan Keyports and then goes across to where the old soft soap is there. And that'll yeah. make access from north, you know, from east to west on 41 much safer um, and, and tying in with the, uh, uh, and to your point, tying into the Carver trail system right now, which will um, get you out to downtown Carver. And, so where, where I, where I've told, I'm told there's beer available in downtown. <laughs> I have heard that, but not, ice cream is, well, actually, in fact, they do have an ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say they do. I had Courtney yeah. on a few weeks ago and uh, yeah, that was one of the things she was quite pleased with is the, the new ice cream store out there. Yeah, so, it's nice. Yeah. So, you know, you've been a long, you and Sharon have been kind of long time uh, community, uh, you know, really uh, uh, big contributors to the community. Um, in fact, you got the uh, George C. Klein Service Above Self Award. I think it was the first time it was awarded to a couple. You're kind of the dynamic duo. So, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe talk a little bit about that, what that's meant to you guys, uh, you as a couple in terms of, you know, you're both, um, uh, you know, very, very active in things. And, uh, you know, how has that, you know, how has that impacted your lives uh, as citizens of Carver County? I think being here in Carver County has been a real blessing because it's, it was small enough when we got here that there were opportunities to participate. And uh, Sharon has been very involved in the League of Women Voters and, and other uh, functions of that type. Uh, and I've been able to work using some of my talents and experiences uh, on the city and county and, and now regional trails or regional parks and trails. And it's just, it's part of our philosophy. I mean, it, we, we feel like we've been blessed and we feel like we want to give back. And uh, it also gives us a chance to, to work with nice people like yourself and, and others and, and the Rotary Club clearly provides us an opportunity of service above self, the philosophical um, part of that uh, Rotary Club is, is important to us. And I think uh, um, that's kind of the way we were brought up, both of us. So uh, we, we think that being a participant and doing our part to make a community better, doing our part to share the load, um, is something we want to do and we enjoy doing and we get we get the reward of having to get to work with other people and, and the fun that that creates so it's rewarding and uh, enjoyable 
Nice, nice. I, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, is there anything else that you want to share at this point? Or, I mean, you're always welcome to come back. I love, I'd love to have you come back. There's tons of things we could dig deeper into, but is there anything? I have, I, I have one other thought, Greg, yeah. Uh, when, we, when Mary and I were talking about this committee, um, we were mindful of, or I guess maybe I was mindful of Bob Lindahl's ad hoc committee in terms of promoting the construction of 212. And Bob just hung in there with his committee and worked with anybody who he could influence to focus on and prepare for and spend money on building the, that 212. And really that's what we did. We worked as uh, individuals and in some cases, many of them were part of the governmental bodies, but we worked to focus. We worked to tell the story, to create the vision of uh, the excitement of having bikers and families ride out on a weekend day and enjoy this, this lovely area of ours. So promoting that vision and, and uh, being a cheerleader was a good part of our efforts. Nice. And Bob Lindahl was a great model of that. And one Bob is absolutely uh, on my list of people that I'd like to talk to. And I, I think it's important to, uh, for people, especially, you know, we're in a transitional time as a community. You know, there's a lot of new people coming in and people are really benefiting from the very the thoughtfulness and you know sometimes years and years and years of effort that people put in to make this community what it is today and so i you know i as someone who came relatively recently cindy and i moved down here in 93 so by old Carver County standards, that still makes us carpetbaggers, <laughs> but, but by, by new standards, we're long in the tooth. And, and you know, it's just, it's just such a cool place. And I, I mean it when I say the best place to live, work, and raise a family, because there's so many opportunities for people to engage and things to take advantage of. It's not simply a bedroom community. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge you and Sharon for all the years of work that you guys have done you know, to make it a nice place for, you know, for us to have raised our family. And, and, you know, we're trying to, you know, kind of follow in your footsteps in terms of doing things back for the community and, and kind of, you know, sort of paying it forward, if you will. So, um, you know, I just want to publicly thank you for all the years of, of work and, uh, you know, and, and you're right, Mary Thune, uh, just is a, a dynamite person and, and, uh, and certainly Bob Lindell, you know, there's a lot of people that were behind the scenes that were really instrumental in taking things that are doing things rather that, you know, sometimes people can take for granted. So um, I think that's probably, yep. I, I need to shut up. And so we can, <laughs> <laughs> I can let you get back to work, but, but I really appreciate you being on Bob. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greg. I enjoyed the opportunity and uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to Mr. you. Mr. O. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs>